Hello, welcome back to Relatably Weird in our Spooktober Spectacular. Woo! I, I don't know why I have to say it like that every time, but I do extra because I'm extra. <laughs> uh, but seriously, though, welcome back. Uh, we have a new episode for you guys. Kate and I both have a couple of topics picked out, and I think it's going to be a good episode. This is our. Uh, this is our last, last Spooktober. Yes. Uh, we'll still continue to do our regular episodes, just so you know. But, man, this month flew by. It did. Um, but, yeah. So, Kate, what is your topic going to be for this week? Well, I am going to talk about um, a doll who is very particular about your manners. Oh, which could be creepy or it could not be. I got an island that we can send them to. Your island can <laughs> shut it. No. What's your tease? Uh, I am going to be talking about a religious book with a wicked reputation. Oh. Oh. Oh, I feel some conspiracy theories coming, maybe. Oh, you know that there's some conspiracy theories. I love a good conspiracy theory. Oh, you know I do, too. Okay. Well... I think we should jump right into your topic. Okay. So, on display in Stockholm National Library in Sweden, or of Sweden, um, there is an 800-year-old handwritten book that is allegedly error-free, and it is a book of an enormous size. Error-free? Error-free. Like, okay. okay, so imagine handwriting a oh, book gotcha and there's no and there's no errors oh wow okay i mean it's hard enough to do it on a computer with spell check we were just having that check. issue yes because I, I cannot spell um thank god for spell check but yes allegedly this is an error free book and it's huge so let me tell you a little bit about the physicality of the book itself Okay. Okay. It's bound in a leather covered leather, sorry, leather covered wooden folder. Oh. With ornate metal corner pieces mm -hmm. and a I believe it's a metal center emblem, but there's some kind of emblem in the center on the front of the cover. Okay. And it is 310 pages made of vellum, which is the skins of either a young calf or a donkey. Oh. So this is not made out of your normal paper, your normal parchment paper. This is like heavy duty. Like it is built to last. It is built to last. Now it comes in at 36 inches tall, 20 inches wide, and when closed, nine inches thick. Holy cow. I'm going to have to post a picture of this book because yes. whenever I was looking this up, I thought, oh, 36 inches. That's not that big. No, this book is ridiculously huge. Like, yeah. it almost looks comical. Oh, my gosh. Um, And it weighs 165 pounds. It oh takes two people just to move the book. That's insane. Yeah. Um, And it's believed to have been created in Bohemia at the... I'm going to butcher this. I'm so sorry in advance. At the Pot Podlasis Monastery in the Czech Republic. Okay. And this manuscript actually gives us an important glimpse into the medieval world. 
um, because of the contents of this book. Because, mm. you know, there's very few things that survive from the medieval time period as far as writings. And so this book itself consists of, let me just, let me just run down the list for you. Oh, gosh. The complete Latin versions of the Old and New Testament minus Revelations and Acts. The Antiquities. The Jewish War by Flavius Josephs. The Chronicle of Bohemia. An Encyclopedia. Medical texts from Hippocrates, Theophilus, Philoretus, and Constantinus. A list of all of the brothers that were in the monastery where this book was created. A calendar with some symbol necrologicum. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. Some magic formulas. And some other short works and over 300 illustrations. Because this was an illuminated wow. manuscript. <gasps> I love those. Right. I mean, and it's so ornate and it's said to be one of the most colorful ones. Um, it, it's impressive. This book is just impressive all the way around. It's size, it's contents, and it really did because of the medical text and, you know, the calendars and the all the other stuff. It, the encyclopedia, it kind of gives a, us a glimpse into what the medieval world was like. Right. And it's formally known as the Codex Gigas. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not only infamous for its large size, but it's also famous for its inclusion of a full page illustration of the devil. So, okay. So it... In these manuscripts, these illustrated manuscripts, it's not uncommon to have pictures. Right. And you would see the devil portrayed throughout some of these pictures. But this is a full page. And that's a big Dedicated. It was, it's almost like a portrait. Oh, wow. Think of it like a portrait of the devil in a book. Taking up the whole page. Any context around that? Yeah, or? we're going yeah, okay. to get to that. Okay. Um, But... That's where it gets its nickname, the Devil's Bible. Oh. is because of this one picture in the Bible, or in the book. And this book is believed to have been written by only one person. Nuh-uh. Right? 310 pages, that big of a book. I don't... 300 illustrations. That's a lot. To be done by one person. And... Just to kind of put some context around this or some perspective, it's believed that if if you were to sit down and do this, Kate, like to, to write this book by yourself, including all of the everything, it would take you 30 years to complete. Good Lord. So this is like somebody's whole life. Exactly. Imagine spending a majority of your life completing one book. And experts say that, um, you know, if you wrote nonstop, so this is, you know, not eating, not sleeping, just writing nonstop 24-7, just the text, so not counting the illustrations, 
would take you just five years. Oh my gosh. And that's just. If, and that's if you wrote nonstop. So I think the the 30 years is your normal, like, I'm going to work on this for eight hours a day. Gotcha. Eat, yeah. Sleep, that kind of thing. But still, five years nonstop. Whew. And that doesn't include the illustrations. Gosh. Just the text. Yeah. <laughs> um, because the the ornate illustrations themselves would add years. Oh, I'm sure. Um, working nonstop. Um, so yeah, so this this illustration of the devil. Let's get back to this. Sorry, I kind of scrolled. I'm just fascinated by the size of this book. Same. But we're gonna focus in on one page of this book. The devil. The devil. <laughs> and it is, as I said, a full page illustration of the devil. Like, there's nothing else on the picture. There's no other characters. There's no other... There's nothing really in the scene at all other than um, he's seated on a throne. So if you want to count the throne, but he's seated on a throne in nothing but a loincloth. So, you know, got to cover the important bits. Tracks. Um, with his arms upstretched almost like i don't know like a touchdown kind of like i don't know his i'd say a hallelujah but i don't think the devil's going to be saying hallelujah but his arms are upstretched and he has this like dragon like face oh and i say dragon think like chinese art of dragons oh okay um that kind of a dragon face Okay. And he does have a split tongue, which is very common. It's what I would expect to see a picture of the devil with. Right. Um, and he's got talons on his hands and his feet. Mm. Which also tracks. That's a very common, you know. Right. Symbolism of the devil. And even though this image is striking, it's the dark and mysterious history that has really earned the book the nickname the devil's bible oh no so like i said they believe that this was written by one person there is no clear record of the creation of the text like nobody has said this is who wrote the text like oh gotcha it it just doesn't say and so one of the more popular theories is that it was created by a monk whose name was Herman the Recluse, who had been sentenced to death. And historical context or sources do mention that Herman broke his monastic vows and he was sentenced to be walled up as punishment. Oh, no. Walled up to death. That's a horrible way to go. Right? So you can imagine he's probably panicked and, I mean, who wants to be walled up? Right. Because, I mean, they don't kill you, kill you. They just put you in the wall and... Let you die. Just let you die. Ugh. So, desperate to escape his fate, it's believed that he made a deal with his fellow brothers that if they would let him live, that he would write a book containing all of the world's knowledge. And the brothers agreed. But... They only gave him one day to do it. Well, yeah. that's just mean. Right? 
It's an, it's an, the monks knew that this was an impossible task. Herman knew that this was an impossible task. Right. But instead of asking for help from another brother or even from God, because you would think that, you know, a monk would be like, dear God, please help me with this. I need a miracle right now. Right. Instead, it's said that he invoked the devil to oh, help him. He went all crossroads. Yeah, he went crossroads. Oh, no. I mean, he'd already broken his monastic vows. What's asking the devil for a little help, right? I mean, at that point, if mm-hmm. you're likely to die anyways. I understand the desperation, yes. Yeah. So, it's said that the devil agreed to help him in exchange for shocker Herman's soul. Oh, never heard that before, Satan. I know, right? Plot <laughs> twist. Uh, and upon collecting Herman's soul, he completed the text with a snap of his talon fingers. Well, okay, this is feeling very um, Rumpelstiltskin right? style I, story. Mm-hmm, like, you give me this and poof, wish granted. Okay. Okay, so it said that the devil finished it with a snap of his fingers. Which plays into the, it was written by one person. Yeah. Um, so some speculate that, that the, the illustration itself of the devil depicts the moment that he came to collect Herman's soul. <gasps> Others believe that it was Herman's tribute to the devil. Hmm. As like a thank you for helping me create this book and living. Thanks for taking my soul. Thanks for taking my soul, but I'm still alive. That's a... I don't know. But so those are some of the the speculations around it. Um, Now the book, the book is missing a few pages. And another shocker, there's speculation around what those contained. I mean, that makes sense though i mean so some of the theories include that the pages that were missing contained information that was too dangerous for a regular man oh (laughs) um that it may have contained pages dedicated to satan i mean his pictures in there so it makes sense there's going to be a little bit more right Um, And then there's another theory that says that it's a missing book of the Bible that's known as the Book of Lucifer. Oh, I've not heard of that. Like, I've heard of some of the other, quote, missing books. I say, I had not heard of it either. um, And I apologize, I did not dig into that one. Uh, I may save that for another topic. Oh, for sure. But those are some of the, the theories around what the missing pages were. Um, now, mind you, it's only like a few pages, but I guess in this case, the pages are huge. So I guess that could equate to like a hundred pages. A lot of info, yeah. Right, a lot of information. But you know what? Regardless of what those pages contained or why they were removed, um, the absence of the pages only added to the mystery around this giant book. Right, like who took them? Right. So, I mean, there's so many unanswered questions about this. Who wrote it? Did the devil actually have a hand in this? Why is there a full page depiction of the devil? Why are there missing pages? You want to know where I think they are? Where? Uh, 
in the secret libraries in the Vatican. <gasps> oh. Uh-huh. Oh. That's where my mind first went. I bet it's in there. I wouldn't doubt it. Oh. Cause I, that's a whole nother podcast in and of itself is, you know, the stuff that's in the Vatican and yeah. all the conspiracies around that and the Vatican itself. Mm-hmm. and. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. It's and I didn't immediately where my brain went. I didn't come across that in any of my in any of my research as far as like speculation on where they might be. It just said that they were missing. So, but yeah, so that is my religious text with a wicked reputation. Uh, yeah, that is one heck of a wicked reputation. Oh, just wait till you see the pictures of this book. Oh, like, I'm excited. I'm excited for you guys to see it because it's it truly is impressive. Like, take all of the mystery away from it. It's just impressive. Right. All right. Enough about this devil Bible. I want to know about this doll because I got a feeling that by the end of this, I'm going to be creeped out as much as we were creeped out over the doll island episode. Yes. And if I have another Tickle Me Elmo situation happen tonight, I'm moving. Listen, the light on the refrigerator already went on and off on yeah, its own. That it's was weird. So, little background. The refrigerator, it's one of the ones where you can, like, knock and it lights up so you can see what's in the little panel there. And it went off by itself. It's super weird. But I'm also already creeped out because I picked this topic because I had already heard of it. And I was like, well, I already know all of this. So it won't creep me out. Boy, I was wrong. Um... So, we're going to talk about Robert the doll. Oh, no. Do you ever feel like something is just watching you? Uh, yes. You ever gotten that feeling from an inanimate object? I don't know about inanimate object, but, like, I have been, like, in a room and just felt like there was something. Like, I couldn't necessarily pinpoint it, but something. Right. Well, I can guarantee you, if you visit the East Martello Fort in Key West... You are likely to leave feeling completely creeped out by none other than Robert the doll. Oh. So, Robert, who is the doll, okay. um, his story starts in the early 1900s. Uh, he was gifted to a young boy. Now, I will say, I've heard his name two different ways. It's, I think it's Robert Eugene Otto. I've also seen it Eugene Robert Otto. But some combination some of combination. Robert, Eugene, and Otto. Yes. But for the sake of the story, we're going to call him Gene because that's what everybody called him back then. Okay. That was like his nickname. So Gene gets this doll for his fourth birthday. It's a pretty standard gift for a young child, um, but it was handmade for him by one of the servants in the household. Oh, how sweet. Yeah. So she made him this doll. He fell in love with it. Like, it became his new favorite toy very quickly. Um, just like any other kid would do. He took the doll everywhere. He talked to it. He even dressed it up. That's normal kid stuff. Right. So nothing about this story seems weird up to this point, right? right. We're on track. Things are pretty normal. But, of course, that's when things will take a turn. Of course. So, he gets this doll when he's four. And about the time he's 10, he has his first experience with the doll. He was woken up in the middle of the night 
when he peered down to the end of his bed, there sat Robert the doll, mm. staring at him. Mm-mm. Nope. When he uh, started screaming, his mother was, of course, jolted out of bed. And as any mom would do, she rushed to his room, only mm. to find she could not open the door. <gasps> no. She could hear from inside the room furniture being moved or flipped. Like, there was something going on in that room. <sighs> and she could hear Jean crying and screaming, Mommy, rescue me. Oh, my gosh. I have goosebumps. That's not a direct Ugh. quote, but that's the, the gist. That's the gist. Like, mom, save me. Yeah, mom, save me. Which is a mortifying experience like having kids when they cry out for you it's just... i'm mortified just thinking about it and i don't even have kids yeah it's just it's terrible and the kid's 10 years old oh my gosh and she can't get to him well eventually she finally forces her way into the room and what she saw would give any mother nightmares oh no her son was curled up on the bed crying facing Robert, the doll, who is still sitting on the end of the bed facing him. But the room was wrecked. Stuff <gasps> was flipped over, moved. Like, it was wrecked. And all Jean could manage to say was, Robert did it. Oh, my gosh. I have, <gasps> I have read this and did the notes, and I'm still getting cold chills. Oh, my. Like, I've bad. kind of, I'm like, you have kind of heard about this this story but not in this detail no oh my gosh well unfortunately robert did it was a phrase that Jean's mother would hear for years to come oh no mysterious unexplainable things started happening you know mischievous things stuff being moved flipped over all that good stuff and Jean would say robert did it which I, I get, like, as a parent, you could be like, oh, they're just trying yeah, to get out of trouble, right. whatever. Blame the imaginary friend. But both of his parents reportedly on several occasions heard him upstairs having conversations with the doll in which two very distinct voices could be heard. Oh, heck no. So it's not like, you, you know, if my daughter's babbling babbling and she's changing her voice up i can still kind of tell it's her these are two distinct voices uh uh yes no. um so at this point honestly i'm screaming at the computer screen and i'm like no burn it yes why is this not an option it burn get that some doll. holy water some sage light that thing on fire yeah goodbye it's gotta go however the doll stayed with Gene through his life. No. That's right. So Gene grows up. He keeps the doll. He eventually marries a woman named Anne. And after the death of Gene's parents, they move back into his childhood home. Mm-mm. And where did Robert end up? Well, Gene put him in the upstairs bedroom, looking out the, well, near the window... But there's a window in this bedroom that overlooks the street. Oh, no. Now, Anne, a woman with some good sense in her, is very uneasy about the doll. She's uneasy about the house itself. She can't quite put her finger on it. But, but she got bad vibes. Yeah, she's got that gut feeling that most women have. And she's like, something is wrong here. So, after some back and forth, I'm sure, 
she finally convinced Jean to agree to lock Robert in the attic. Mm. Like, no. So he puts him in the attic. He locks him up to make his wife feel better. You know, happy wife, happy life, whatever that saying is. But that didn't end it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Because so, this, this doll seems very persistent. Yeah, this just sparked a whole new series of spooky events. Ugh. So visitors to the house reported hearing footsteps coming from above their heads up in the attic. Mm. Just like somebody was walking around up there. Um, and there was there was at least a couple of stories of school children walking home. And they would look over at Jean's house and they would see somebody or something in that bedroom window on the, I guess, second floor, but the upper floor. And so they would tell him, like, there's there's something in your bedroom. Well, Jean had to investigate. So when he ran upstairs to investigate, he was shocked to find that Robert was no longer locked in the attic. Again, this is why women live longer. Yes. I would not have investigated. Have I'm a, sorry. You have a different kind of audacity. <laughs> it's just different. But Robert the doll was not locked in the attic anymore. Uh-uh. He had moved downstairs, like from the attic, he moved down a floor to that bedroom, and he was sitting in the window. Stop. And the school children were like, he was mocking us. He was laughing at us. He was like, we could hear him. We could see him. So, Gene was like, all right. So, he puts him back in the attic. No, at this point, you burn him. I know. I was or it so, or whatever. Like, men, what's your deal? Are you okay? Like, what's, burn it. Burn it. Well, no, he doesn't. He puts it back in the attic. So, Robert goes back to the attic. He gets locked up. But this event, with the children seeing him in the window, him moving from the attic to the bedroom... Multiple times this happens. Mm. Does he keep Robert the doll? He absolutely <sighs> does. I was afraid you were going to say that. Yeah. So they just keep, Gene just keeps putting up with this until his death in 1974. Mm-mm. He put up with it for that long. God knows where Anne went. I didn't see. Hopefully this, she peaced out. This almost feels like it was an abusive relationship. Yeah. Where Robert was threatening gene and so gene just kind of put up with him yeah and kept him around because you know it's hard to leave an abusive relationship right and i think about like okay him talking to the doll well and that those conversations nobody ever said what those conversations were about well and just that first encounter with him was so violent i mean (laughs) this is gonna ruin a popular figure for a lot of people. Oh, no. But all I could see in my head was, like, an evil Pillsbury Doughboy coming around the corner with, like, a knife. Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> with some, like, thrasher music in the back. <laughs> I, I'm trying to keep myself sane, but I thought thinking of the Pillsbury Doughboy while reading this would, like, lighten the mood, but it just made it worse, so... You suffer with me. Suffering. All right. So, Jean is dead. End of story, right? No. It's not, is it? Of course it's not. Of course it's not. Okay. So, at this point, why doesn't Anne... Like, Jean's out of the picture. See, I don't know. I'm sorry, but if I was Anne at this point, I'd be like, look, he's gone. 
Time to burn it. I'm assuming just from what I've read that she had passed on before him. Mm. It's not clear what really happened to Anne and I didn't dig into it. Okay. I'm hoping she peaced out because there's no way I could put up with that. No. But anyways, he dies. Um, eventually the house sells to a new family that didn't know Gene or his family prior. They buy the house and they have a 10 year old daughter. Stop. And she, like a normal 10 year old, explores the house Eventually makes her way to the attic where she finds Robert the doll who oh. had been left in the attic. Um, yeah. But, but really, what's what are the chances? Like, Gene was 10 years old whenever he had his first encounter. Yeah. This little girl is 10 years old whenever she finds. <gasps> Spooky. Mm. So, she, much like Gene, immediately just... Falls in love with Robert. Like, it is her new favorite toy. She's delighted that she has this new friend. Again, abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the joy didn't last very long. As she quickly discovered that Robert did not like her back. <gasps> oh. So she was also woken from her sleep in the middle of the night to see Robert sitting on the end of her bed. Oh, no. She claimed that he would move around the room. At times, um, and I don't, I'm not clear how this was portrayed to her. I don't know if it was his actions or the doll speaking, but he wanted to hurt her, oh, is what no. she told her mom. So, after a little while of this torture, somebody finally got smart and gave the doll away. Because the first time wasn't enough? Well, you know how it is with kids. You know, like, if you're, if you're... My daughter told me she had a snake in her bedroom, and I didn't believe her until I found the snake on accident. Okay. Like, as a parent, you know, you you, you know your kid has this imagination. You don't know. Okay, that's fair. And to be fair, they've pro they had probably never had an experience with something like this. They're like, True. oh, she's making it up. Right. Whatever. Okay, I'll let it slide. So, yeah, but they didn't let it go on. After a couple times, they were finally convinced that something was going on. They gave that doll away. Now, should they have burned it? Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. But they gave it away. And uh, Robert then became a resident of the East Martella Fort, which is where he is today. Okay. In a museum. But how did this doll become haunted in the first place? Like, this... I don't know. This was a handmade doll. So, what happened? Well... Some say that it was the servant who made the doll for Jean. Now, this is going to full circle about your whole abusive relationship analogy. Oh, no. She was supposedly mistreated by Jean's parents. Oh. So, it was said that she decided to punish the parents by creating the doll and then cursing it with voodoo and or black magic. I knew voodoo was there somewhere. give it to the child. Yeah. So this is like some twisted revenge. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't understand involving other people. Like, if you want revenge on the parents, get revenge on the parents. But, but leave, leave the, the kids kid out. out. Of it. Leave them out of it. Well, this curse obviously tormented two families. But again, our story is not yet done. You can actually go visit Robert if you would like to. Road trip? No. 
<laughs> but you can no. if you choose to subject yourself to that. I mean, we've been to Key West. We may have, like, because I can't remember exactly where we were at in Key West. I thought about that and pan out. I was like, oh my gosh, we've been there. But mm-hmm. we didn't see Robert because pretty sure we would know. I'm pretty sure. Let me tell, Let me just dive into that for a okay. minute. Okay. So, okay. He's sitting in a glass case in the East Martello Museum. So he's locked up in a case, um, which, you oh, know, well, that's... last time he got locked up didn't really work. It didn't stop him. And he continues to torment visitors to the museum. Lovely. Yes. So the staff members that work there have also experienced stuff. They claim that they can see his facial. I have goosebumps so bad right now. They claim they can see his facial expression expressions changing. Stop. No. They have reportedly seen him put his hand up on the case. Uh-uh. And this was my, I got stuck on this. I had to take a break. They could hear demonic giggling. Uh-huh. Nope. Uh-uh. I'm out. I'm out. Just the fact that they chose the word giggling versus laughter made right. it 20 times Ugh. worse. I was like, no, I bathroom break. I have goosebumps down uh-huh. the back of my neck right now. And you're wearing your full body chill shirt <laughs> from yeah. Crime Junkies. I am because we love Crime Junkies. But seriously, like I would not want to work here. No. It just, oh, so visitors see this too they mm-hmm. hear things um you can see him moving you some say that you can see him smirk now if you look at pictures of robert which i know you've seen yes the most prominent feature on his face is his eyes they are uh-huh. black right dots mm-hmm. the rest of his facial features are almost impossible to see right so imagine seeing it move Mm-mm. no thank you nope i know i see you looking over your shoulder right now Mm-mm. most notably so all of this creepy stuff aside one of the things he's most famous for is getting a picture of robert or with robert is near impossible what let that sink in for a second there are photos that exist of him but if you're visiting and you want a photo with him, good luck. Oh. And I'll tell you why. Visitors, when they go to take a picture, have reported that their cameras that have worked all day will suddenly malfunction. Oh. I've heard stories of the pictures coming out completely blurred. Mm. Um, And then when they leave, their cameras suddenly start functioning again. Oh, and you know, that's a common thing. Like, if you watch, like, these ghost hunter shows. Yes. Like, that's a common thing is, like, technology malfunctioning, cameras stop working, like, batteries get drained. And it's just if you're taking a picture of him, the rest of the museum, as far as I can tell, is fine. It's just if you point your camera at him and take a picture, your camera's likely to stop. Mm Mm-mm. No, thank you. And a big part of this seems to be respect. So I talked about manners mattering right. to Robert. Um, it seems that visitors who show respect to Robert have better luck of getting a picture. So visitors are actually urged to introduce themselves to Robert when they walk. Oh, God, these body chills. So you walk up to Robert, you introduce yourself. 
And you are supposed to ask his permission to take a photo. Robert, oh. may I please take a photo? Uh-uh. Yeah. Nope. When you take the photo, whether you are successful or not, you are to thank him before you leave. Okay. I can 100% see this tying back to the servant being mistreated. Yes. Because what is the, like, what's the core of, of that revenge? They want respect. They want respect. Exactly. So, like, this totally lines up with that whole theory. Oh, sorry. I almost knocked that over. Um, and so some of these interactions do result in photos being taken. So there are, you can Google Robert the doll. We'll post a picture, as creepy as it is. But Did you ask for permission first? Listen, I was on there. I was like, Robert, I'm so sorry. I'm Googling your name. Like, it freaked <laughs> me out. It just, like, I I cannot, just looking at him will give you the creeps. There's mm-hmm. something about those eyes. It just, ugh. But for those who ignore the advice of the staff members and the signs and whatever else, you you might leave with a bout of bad luck. Oh no. Yes. Um So people, not just not just your camera malfunctioning, but you're also gonna take a little bad luck with you. Exactly. We're talking about um people have reported suddenly losing their jobs. Oh. Divorce, financial trouble. Um like, if you're, obviously, you're visiting, you're traveling, talking about, like, things just going hort, like, your reservations are suddenly canceled, and you've lost your luggage, and, the, like, just one bad thing after another. Um, people have reported coming down with severe illnesses or injury after visiting and not being polite and then leaving. So there's all these stories, and I'll tell you what makes it worse these streaks of bad luck are so bad. Oh, no. That these visitors will actually write letters to the museum addressed to Robert the doll. No. Begging for forgiveness and asking him to end the streak of luck. What? You can, like, you can Google these, some of these letters. I saw a few. And it they'll be like, this is everything that happened. I'm so sorry. Like, please lift the curse people write these letters like it is a very common thing to happen i'm just i'm speechless like okay all i'm gonna say is it pays to be nice oh a thousand percent it just like you could be skeptical all you want but the fact that it is so well known that people are writing letters asking for forgiveness, like, that makes you stop and at least question. Oh, for sure. You know, like, it just, I don't want to test this theory. Nope. I would not want to go near this doll. At the minute, it, I don't know if you remember the old vine where the guy sitting at the counter, he has an elf on the shelf. <laughs> and it moves and he just, like, falls out of his chair screaming, <laughs> trying to get mm-hmm. away. That would be me. Oh, gosh. I just, yeah. So, lesson for the day, always be nice to everybody because you never know who's going to hex you. And everything. And everything. Yeah, we're going to add things to the list now because, Mm -hmm. wow. So, that is Robert the Doll. Um, congratulations. You have creeped me out for this episode. It only took me four whole weeks. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to be sleeping with the lights on tonight. 